There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. While the college football playoffs are set, Oklahoma and Alabama in the Orange Bowl, Notre Dame, Clemson uh, in Dallas, both games December 29th, the same day. Florida will play Michigan in the Peach Bowl. Hey, did the Gators duck UCF? And who's going to win the Heisman Trophy? We'll break it all down on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay with Matt Baker, the college football writer for the Tampa Bay Times. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, if you're like me, are you sick and tired of paying these high electric bills? My last electric bill was well over $300, and that's just way too much. Well, if you want to save 90 to 95% off on all your electric bills, listen to me now. May Electric Solar. That's right. They're a locally owned company. May Electric Solar is the safest solar available, and they don't use high-risk voltage like many other companies. And May Electric Solar has 25-year warranties on all their equipment and labor, and they only use their employees. No subcontractors ever. May Electric Solar also has a full showroom, and you can see their products, and they are open weekdays. So stop the insanity of these out-of-control electric bills. Start saving 90 to 95% now. Call May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. And right now, you can also receive a 30% tax credit by changing to solar energy through 2019. Call May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. Okay, Matt Baker joins us now. And Matt, before we get into uh, all the bowl games and, of course, the uh, college football uh, championships, let's, let me ask you about Urban Meyer and, and his uh, retirement. I know he had the press conference yesterday. Um, first of all, just, just what was your reaction? Were you surprised at all by the fact that he was stepping aside, stepping out, stepping away? And do you really believe he's retired? Well, was I surprised? No, I, I, I was not surprised at all. Um, the timing, uh, maybe a little bit. I, I kind of thought maybe it would leak out earlier because the longer these things go right now with the recruiting season the way it is, it, it's not good. But no, no, I wasn't surprised. I mean, anybody who watched an Ohio State game, I'm thinking of the Maryland one off the top of my head where it just looked like he was in so much pain. And like every third down was, I mean, gravely serious. And I don't use that term lightly. So I I expected it to happen. I was not surprised at all. I think it's people around college football have kind of been waiting for this. Um, So, yeah, it it was uh, it it was interesting just the the way that it's finally done. I, I wasn't sure if the, you know, promoting Ryan Day to interim coach. Or from uh, you know, he was the interim coach of the start of the year. The head coach was interesting, just because Ohio State could have gotten, I mean, almost anybody in the country. It is a premier job. You look at what the Buckeyes have done, really over the last, I mean, a long, long time. They're pretty much recession proof. I mean, Bama. You know, there was a spell where Bama struggled. You know, when when I was growing up, my formative years of college football, Bama wasn't anywhere near that it is today. Notre Dame's sure. had blips. Florida's had blips. Florida State's had blips. Everybody has had blips except pretty much except Ohio State. You know, they might have had a down year here and there, but by and large, they're winning 10 games almost every single season. So it's a premier job. Um, I, I don't 
disagree with the decision to go with Ryan Day as uh, the the new head coach. Obviously, he's very well regarded. Um, he had a brief taste of, of doing that for for three games, uh, and they're able to kind of keep the continuity there. But again, it's a top 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 job. So I was you know, maybe a little surprised they didn't want to look outside uh, the Buckeye family a little bit. I, yeah, I would agree with you, and I, I think that, that the fact that they like Ryan Day and knew that he was going to be a head coach somewhere uh, rather than let him leave Ohio State, I think that was probably one of one of the factors. It just feels to me like, Matt, and I said this uh, with Tom the other day, that you know, with, with the suspension, with all the stuff that went down at the beginning of the season, maybe Meyer didn't feel the support that he thought he should have, he should have gotten. I know health has always been something that uh, when we, he left Florida for that very same reason. Um, sure. But all that said, it almost feels like this – possibly could have been in the works almost at the start of the season and I and back to the question of I mean he's 54 years old and no one wishes bad health on the guy but it, it, assuming that you know he's able to manage his his uh, cyst that he has or what have you and the headaches um, do you believe that we've seen the last of Urban Meyer or do you think you'll see him coaching one day uh, I don't know I hope he's in a position to because because that means his health is in good shape. His health is better, yeah, yeah. But here's here's the thing: he burns so hot, and and he he alluded to that in his press conference yesterday. He he, he, he tried being more of a CEO at one point. The results weren't there, and so he doesn't. No, the, he only knows one way to go, and that is one hundred percent all out. And that's what made him one of the most successful coaches of his generation, and and one of the best of of all time, I would argue. Um, but that requires just so much energy and so much effort, and your your health is going to take a, a back seat on that. And you know, just the health problems he's had has made it uh, to where it is. I mean, he kind of mentioned yesterday too. Like, I think it was in, in fourteen who was having you know the, the health uh, his health flared up, and then last year it got bad again, and then obviously this year too. So, so I'm I'm I guess uh, dancing around your question. Do I think he'll coach again? I think he's going to get that itch again. I I really think he is. I mean, so few coaches, you know, it's it's such a high. Us normal human beings can't fathom what it would be like to do that. And, and coaches who do it, once it's over, they're and a lot of them struggle and, and want to get back into it. I mean, look at Les Miles, look at Mac Brown, uh, two of the more head scratching hires on this young coaching carousel. They wanted to get back in for for some reason, even though they've been to the top of the mountaintop. So eventually he's going to get that itch again. And at that point, it's going to be a matter of his health because I think this will probably be something that flares up again once he gets going 100,000 miles an hour, which he would do if he gets a job again. So I think he needs to, to find something else that will satisfy it to some degree. Maybe that's being around the program as just kind of an advisor. Maybe it's the TV thing again. Um, maybe it's coaching uh, – you know, whatever high school in Columbus or Cincinnati or whatever it is that, that needs somebody, you know, like Vinny Testaverde was a quarterback's coach at Jesuit, you know, something like that, just to be around it and, and, and help some kids um, and get a little bit of that itch scratch. Because if he goes in, in as a head coach again, then it's going to be six, seven years and we're going to be having the same conversation after he does it at Notre Dame or USC or whatever. Yeah, I agree. I mean, health will be the steering factor probably, but you're right. Most of these guys, you know, broadcasting, all that, what they, what they miss, and even John Gruden after 10 years is being part of a team, you know, that, that uh, the building and yeah. the belonging to, to somebody uh, and competing. They miss the competition as well. So we'll see. 
if Urban Meyer shows up again. Okay, let, let's talk about uh, the conference championships, within, which then led to um, you know the top four teams being announced. I, I wasn't really surprised. We can discuss that here in just a minute. But I, I particularly want to revisit sort of the uh, Alabama-Georgia SEC championship game. Man, sure. Georgia, uh, you know, in the two games they played Alabama, I think it was like they had the lead for all but nine plays maybe or something like yep. that, something crazy. Um, we saw Kirby Smart's decision to, to punt or to fake a punt, which obviously did not work out, and, and, and I wasn't sold on his defense of that. Um, but the big story was j- watching Jalen Hurts come in for Tua uh, Tagovailoa that, you know, here's a guy that chose not to leave Alabama of course, it was Tua last year that came in and, and you know helped win the national championship. What did you make of that drama? What did you make of, of Georgia and and their just their inability to try to take down Alabama? Well, the the reason they couldn't take down Alabama is because Alabama's really, 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 really good and mm-hmm. maybe the best team of my lifetime. And I don't know that anybody can take them down. I mean, yeah, yeah. You, you you touched on it. They Bama go had, you know their starting quarterback. Tua didn't look like himself and what I was watching. I mean, just that there wasn't that the his arm wasn't as strong as usual. And obviously, he, you know, his knee has been banged up. And then, of course, the ankle mm-hmm. injury, too. So they had a, a quarterback who wasn't clearly wasn't 100 percent. And then they, they go into the backup and, and Georgia still can't win. Well, to me, that says more about Bama than it does Georgia, because I, yeah. I, I thought at the start of the year, Georgia would take a small step back from last year. And I guess they kind of sort of did. They just lost too much talent, you know. Again, losing and Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle, one of the best backfields in the history of sure. college football, and all the the creatures that they lost on defense. <clears throat> you figured they'd take a step back. Um, what what the the fake punt, which was a, I I did not understand it at all. I mean, I, I'm I was watching the game uh, a little bit on, on DVR. We had to go walk the dog and, and pause it and came back in. So I'm zipping through and, and I, we get to the punt. And I see Justin Fields there. I'm like, wait a second. There's not another one, I don't think. That That's Justin Fields. <laughs> well, clearly they're going to fake it. Why else would he be out there in, in that yeah. position? So, like, if I can see it on my couch zipping through on DVR, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Nick Saban and his guys can see it. So, Which is probably why it, he left his defense in. <clears throat> correct. It, it was a – again, I'm, I'm generally speaking, I'm all for rolling the dice and, and doing gutsy calls like that. That was not the right one because the risk, yeah. it you probably weren't going to get it, and what you give right. up in field position at that time of the game was, sure. wasn't worth the reward. So that that's one that's going to stay with Kirby Smart for a long time. I mean, to, yeah. the other I guess the other thing that I, I take away from that, Georgia it really is right there with Bama. I mean, they're very very close. Uh, Bama has obviously been you know the, the cream of college football for for the last you know five six seven years or whatever. But Georgia's not far behind, and eventually, they're going to get them. Um, mm-hmm. You you keep playing that game as, as close as it's been. Eventually, they're going to get there. Uh, I don't know when. Maybe it's next year when when Jake Fromm's got a little bit more experience and Georgia's ridiculous recruiting class from last year is another year older. But so they're going to get them. It, it just they they just weren't ready yet. And uh, Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. who who could have for all the world gone someplace else, maybe sticks at Alabama and and has a moment that even made normally stoic Nick Saban a little weepy at the end of the game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's a that's a just a fantastic story. I mean, the just everybody I think expected him to transfer in, like you said, he absolutely could have and, and there would have been nothing wrong with that. I mean, the no. the guy that they're going to be playing, 
here at the end of the month, Oklahoma, Kyler Murray, you know, he was somebody who wasn't happy at A&M, transferred to Oklahoma, and may or may not win the Heisman on Saturday. So there's nothing wrong with transferring, but he chose to stay, and he was rewarded for it. I mean, you, you look at the <clears throat> excuse me, the last couple national championships and really, really, you know, the, the really, really good teams. So many of them have ended up using backup quarterbacks. I mean, the two in the title game last year, Georgia started with Jacob Eason. He got hurt. Jake Fromm comes in. Obviously, sure. Jalen and Tua last year and this year. Um, when uh, Bama won the title with Jake Coker, they used a couple different quarterbacks that year. Um, Ohio State, when they won it all in 14 with Urban, they were down to their third string quarterback, who I mean, was a really, really, really good player. But that's just kind of part of college football right now is most, you know, a lot of the teams end up needing two for whatever reason and good on Jalen for sticking it out. And he gets just a, you know, a fantastic storybook ending. And we'll see where we'll see if he <laughs> sticks around or if he chooses to uh, to pursue a grad transfer somewhere else this season. Speaking of quarterbacks, you could say uh, about needing two or using a different one. Both Notre Dame and Clemson are here, and they are not playing the quarterbacks that started the season. That that's correct. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence, you know, has, has uh, and and Ian Book at at Notre Dame. Neither one was the guy early on. Both of them have added a very good. You know, they're, they're the other guys, uh, Kelly Bryan and Brandon Wimbush, were a little bit more um, running, and, and but sure. uh, Book and Lawrence have have better arms in their showing and. Uh, no, those are the reason. They're one of the big reasons why those guys have a chance at the national championship too. After the uh, conference championships, uh, when they finally ranked these teams, um, you know Georgia wound up actually five. Ohio State was was six. Um, what do you think of the rankings? Is this is this it, was this a fair and and uh, it, it, are these the four best teams you think? The, I know there's a difference between the best or the most deserving. I don't know how you come down on this, but <clears throat> were you good with uh, with these four teams? <clears throat> Yeah, I was I was good with it. I mean, it, to me, Bama, Clemson, Notre Dame were, were the top three. It, n- no issues there. I can make a really good case for the for the other three, um, and I guess UCF too, if you if you wanted to throw them into the mix. Um, but Georgia, I, I think maybe with the eye test, which our boss hates, but um, the eye <laughs> test and advanced metrics seem to think that Georgia was the best team, and they played Bama better than anybody has all season. Um, so they had a, they had a fine argument of the bunch. Ohio state has the best win. I mean, they crushed a very, very good Michigan team. So that was impressive. That's a nice little boost for them. And then, um, but, but to me, Oklahoma, I thought was number four. I, I was, con- I found it to be a compelling argument that they only lost once, which was a three point loss against a rival, a top 20 team in Texas in the closing seconds at a neutral site. And then, you know, a month and a half later, whatever it was, they end up avenging that loss with a very good performance. I mean, Kyler Murray, again, having one of the best seasons uh, of a passer in college football history, leading what might be the most prolific offense in terms of yards per play that the game has ever seen. I, I totally think they have a, a fine case to, to be uh, the number four team in there. I don't know if they're going to beat Bama, but that has a potential to be a whole lot of fun, Rick. <laughs> there'll be some points scored i think in that one um, i think so yeah too. i was i was so impressed with murray really uh, in the in the conference championship game um and we'll get into the heisman voting here in just a second but <clears throat> sure um, he really he really made a good showing at a time when they needed it so these matchups the way they the way they fell was oklahoma's at alabama in uh, in the orange bowl and then you have notre dame playing clemson in dallas um both those games i guess are on december 29th 
Which, I mean, they seem like mismatches in each case. I mean, and that's what you do when you rank teams one and two and three and four, right? You, you split them up. Um, which, which of these games do you think will be close? Do you think, you think either, both, not, neither? What do you think? Uh, on paper, neither will be close. But I think practically, I, I, think, I think Bama, Oklahoma has a chance to be close. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, it has it very much has shootout potential, and in a shootout, anything can happen. You know, maybe That's there's right. going to be. You know, again, look at what we yeah, yeah or, or look at what we saw in the, the Oklahoma Texas game. Oklahoma gets a, a safety, and then they get the ball back. So that's a big swing. And so maybe something fluky like that can happen. Sure. Um, sure. Clemson is a lot more talented than, than Notre Dame. Notre Dame is a team that's overachieved all year. They, they've got some very good players, but they don't have a whole lot of like great players i mean clemson's defensive line is ridiculous i mean christian wilkins uh clean feral hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Dexter Lawrence, those guys, they're really, 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 really good. Notre Dame's good. They just don't have a lot of guys on that level. So I think that talent gap is, is going to show up. And maybe Notre Dame will, will prove me wrong. I don't know. But to me, I think if one of them is going to be close, it's going to be Bama OU. But to me, it's I think Bama wins. I think Clemson wins and sets up the you know the fourth meeting between Bama and Clemson in the last four <laughs> years. And hopefully it's as good as the first two and not the not the third one. It's unbelievable. I mean, how these two teams and and, and uh, people don't sometimes like sequels or in this case the the fourth time. But I mean, it, they are they are just a cut above. And uh, Dabo Sweeney and you know Nick Saban seem to be seem to be those guys. And it's not an easy thing to do every year after year after year. I'm 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 startled by it somewhat. But this is sort of where we're at right now with Alabama and Clemson, right? Yeah, and and college football has always been a sport of where you're of maybe not dynasties is the right word, but you were your dominant teams. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You, it's the same guys who win every single year. <clears throat> the college yeah, football yeah. playoff, I think is, is only intensified that. Um, That's I mean, right. this is, this is the fifth year. So there've been 20 teams in the playoff, but there's only 10 different teams. Um, yeah, so it's going to yeah. be the same guys again and again. And, and the, just the way it's set up, Certainly, your teams that are going to win the national championship—it's going to be really hard to do. I mean, it's hard in the BCS, where you have to win your conference most most of the time, and then yep. beat a, a Bama or LSU or whoever it is for the national title. But now you've got to have play one great team in the semifinal, and then play another great team in, in the final. So that's set up for your 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 dominant teams. That's set up for your Ohio State. Um, Alabama's and Clemson's that just have the better players because you know in, in one game anything can happen and again there can be the fluke safety and a tipped interception and that sort of thing for you to be win your conference against a good at least good maybe very good or great team and then win the semifinal against a great team and then win the final against a great team that you have to be a great team yourself with a lot of talent and that's just going to kind of continue to intensify that gap between your Clemson's and Bama's and everybody else. Because if I'm a recruit 
I want to go to the guys who are winning national championships. So it's just going to be a little bit of a, you know, a, a self-perpetuating cycle. Well, is that bad for college football? I, I mean, is it bad for baseball when the Yankees keep winning? Or the Red Sox? I mean, I, yeah. I, I don't know if it's... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know either. Like... I mean, look, Coke like, wins, and we like Coke. You know what I'm saying? Like, is it? It's sure. just the way it is in, in this country. We 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 celebrate success, and you know the rest. The rest of them, uh, you know, I've always said McDonald's does really well, but Wendy's makes money too. You know, so it's like, um, I don't know. I, I'm trying to work that out in my mind. But I, look, I like to be entertained, and these are the best teams that can entertain me. Um, so I'm okay with it. You know what I mean? There's some of the that Clemson, some of those Clemson Alabama games, the one like here in Tampa. Tell me that's not one of the best football games you've ever seen. It absolutely was. And the one the year before was pretty darn good, too. Terrific, yeah. I didn't know if I'd ever see a performance like Vince Young in the Rose Bowl. But Deshaun Watson statistically had a better day in Arizona in in the first Bama game than than Vince Young did. So I, I I think one good thing... One thing that would be good for college football uh, of these, you know, your your Bamas and Clemson's winning every year, is if somebody gets sick of it. Some people, not not you or me, we don't matter, right. but that the conference commissioners and the ads and the presidents say, you know what, this is kind of silly. Like it's the same guys every year. Why mm-hmm. don't we change the system and get an eight team playoff? Because then at least a UCF would have a chance, or sure, Washington sure. would be in the mix. And again, it's still going to be a lot of the same teams. You go back over mm-hmm. the last fifty years, not a whole lot of teams have won national titles. That a crazy stat that sticks out of my mind. The last, do you know the last time college football had a first time national champion, a national champion no. that never won one before? Florida in '96. No. Wow. So that's a great it's, one. It's, it's been that long since we've had a, a new. Uh, I, I'm not First counting time here. Champion. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's well, been yeah. a while, um, and it'd be nice if it could happen again, or at least if you could have a, you know, maybe a Cinderella make a run or something like that. Um, but I don't think there's any appetite for for the people who matter to change the system yet, which is silly. But until then, I think it's going to be. I mean, I, I tweeted at the start of the year somewhat jokingly there was one of the somebody was talking about baseball maybe and how few teams actually had a a chance to win it all and i said you know i'm glad i cover a sport in college football where (laughs) everyone has a chance to win it (laughs) as long as your team is alabama clemson or ohio state well i feel pretty good about uh you know ohio state didn't make the final four but bama and clemson did i feel pretty good about one of those guys winning it all this year no doubt about it. There are some other interesting bowl games. You'll be at the Peach Bowl on uh, December 29th uh, in Atlanta, Florida, taking on Michigan. I seem to recall this matchup in the past, but here we are again. Uh, and I'll ask the question that uh, UCF fans are probably asking. Did Florida duck UCF here? Rick, th- think about what you just said. <clears throat> you're I know what I going. said. I know what yes. I know, and you're 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 gonna get me going. Somebody asked me I'm this. Priming on the radio, the and I'm priming the pump. I'm priming the pump. You are <clears throat> okay. What you just said is Florida. Who, who's playing? Who's Florida playing in the, in the Peach Bowl again? Uh, that'd be Michigan. Okay, Michigan, who was top four in the country most of the year, has a mm. great great defense with a whole bunch of really good players on it. Uh, mm. One of the best pass defense, maybe the best pass defense in the country. You're arguing that Florida didn't want to play one team so they could play Michigan, which, again, 
most of the season looked like a playoff team. Think about how silly that sounds for a second. Now, you know, what, well, UCF's what, what, a pretty good team. UCF is a very good team. Of course they are. Uh, but talent-wise, they don't come close to Michigan. That Talent doesn't mm. only win football games. I'm not going to pretend that it yeah. does. Cause if Especially it did, bowl games because there's motivation and all that. Yeah. There's motivation and there's a bunch of time to game plan and there's all sorts of weird stuff with, with, with bowl games, of course. Mm. But most of the time, the team with the most talent is going to win. And True. there's no question Michigan has a lot more talent than, than UCF does. Um, so just the idea that they would do that it is silly. I mean, the um, it, again, uh, what what Dan Mullen said the other day, when you get to a New Year's Six level bowl, all of the teams you're going to be playing are, are good or very good. Um, UCF yeah. has a better offense. They have a, a great offense, one of the best in the country. Michigan has a better defense. There's pros and cons to both of them. I don't know if one is necessarily a better or worse matchup for the Gators, but the idea that they would not want to play UCF so they can play Michigan, which was a top four team most of the season, makes no sense. And then just on the practical level of this, Rick, how would that even work? I mean, Scott's uh, the conspiracy theories with their, their tinfoil hats and their uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm sure like the somehow these tinfoil hats have to have like the, the UCF National Championship Peach Bowl logo <laughs> on it, too, I'm sure. Um, so if you're wearing one of those tinfoil hats, what you'd have to think is that. Scott Strickland, the AD from Florida, is on the College Football Playoff Selection Committee. Surely he's making these things happen. He's behind, you know, he's there in Grapevine pulling the strings to make sure that his Gators don't have to play mighty UCF so he can instead only play a Michigan team that was top four in the country all year. Well, Strickland, when, his, when the team is discussed, when the Gators are discussed, Scott Strickland literally leaves the room. Um, so he, he's not in there for those conversations at all. I suppose there are some sort of back channel ways where when they're out, you know, drinking afterwards, at the, hanging out at the bar or whatever it is, he could have these conversations. But I just don't see it. I, it just it just boggles my mind. The idea that a it could happen and b that it would happen and c that Dan Mullen's thinking, I want to play Michigan. That's what I want. That team that that uh, crushed almost everybody they played that blew out uh, Penn State. What was it? Forty two to seven. That's the team that I want to play. Come on, man. Come on, Rick. Come on, man. Chris Carter. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't suppose Florida has the same offense as Ohio State, so it might be a little tougher on them than it was for the Buckeyes. Of course, when they, of, uh, of, when course of course, uh, of course they they don't. You know, Felipe Franks has improved, but he's not anywhere near Dwayne Haskins. So, just again from yeah. a matchup perspective, it's it's going to be a challenge for the Gators. Now, you know, Michigan's going to be without. Um, Rashawn Gary, who's skipping the game because of the bowl, but they wouldn't have known that at the time. Um, UCF would have presented, you know, obviously their offense would have presented a challenge, but I think honestly think the Gators have the defensive backs and the linebackers necessary to hang with them. And again, it's UCF with a backup quarterback, too. Yeah, like, no Mackenzie Milton, so yeah. Come on. Come on, man. That's the best come response on. I've heard. Uh, let's, uh, let's quickly segue into what are the other bowl games that, uh, will pique your interest, even though, uh, they won't be for national titles. Let me, first of all, say it's, pr- it's a pretty lame bowl schedule. Uh, the UCF's bowl, going out to Arizona. They got to play, uh, what they, LSU, yeah, right? They, they get to play LSU with LSU. One of their, their top two player or top three players, greedy Williams cornerback is, is skipping it to get ready for the draft. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. And that's that's loses a little bit of luster. Um, I, I mean, I guess we're we should acknowledge the Outback Bowl, which is Iowa here for the, I think it's the sixth time since 2003. Mm. 
Mississippi State's an entertaining team. At least they've got a really good defense. Montez Sweat and Jeffrey Simmons are both really, really good on that line. So I guess that's something interesting there. Um, Purdue Auburn, actually, in the uh, the Music City Bowl on the 28th. Um, uh, Auburn's just been kind of a, I mean, Auburn's always crazy. They've been especially crazy this year. Um, you know, Gus Malzahn didn't have the year they won and still had a, you know, a top 30-ish team according to the advanced metrics, but obviously played a really tough schedule. So people there want him gone, even though he just signed a huge deal. Um, going up against a Purdue team that was one of the biggest surprises in the country. Rondale Moore, I'm just fascinated with. He's just an electric, electric, super fun player, player to watch. Yeah, he's really good. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's one that certainly jumps out. Um, he, here's a, a little bit of a, a off-the-radar one I'll give you. How about Houston Army in the Armed Forces Bowl? Um, Houston's going to be without Ed Oliver, who's skipping the game to get ready for the draft. Still a, a, a fun team, I think, to watch. And, and Army, all they've done is quietly have another really, really good uh, season. Again, they're kind of in that 22 to 30 range when I do my AP ballot. Um, Ar- Army's a weird team. They hung with Oklahoma. They do that triple option thing where they just milk the clock for, for and have eight, nine, ten-minute drives. But I think that's that's kind of a, a off-the-radar one that, that I'm interested in. How about the granddaddy of them all, Washington and Ohio State? Urban Meyer goes to the Rose Bowl for the first time in his career. Of course, and just on, and on the aside from Urban's final game, we think, and, and him going to, to the Rose Bowl, which is just a fantastic venue. Uh, I think it's Chris Peterson's first Rose Bowl too for Washington. But the on the field matchup is really interesting there too. I mean, Dwayne Haskins, a, a Heisman Trophy finalist and a deserving one too, with what he's done at quarterback, especially the last couple of games for the Buckeyes. Washington's defense is really, really good. They've got a very good secondary. Um, uh, Byron Murphy and uh, Taylor Rapp, one of, one of their safeties. They've got some very good players back there. Jimmy Lake, former Bucks assistant, yes, who helped uh, Ronde yep. yep, mm-hmm. become Ronde. He's done a great mm-hmm. job there. Uh, he's going to be a head coach in, the, in college sooner rather than later, I think. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a, ver- that's a really good matchup, especially just kind of the, uh, th- that chess matchup is going to be really interesting to watch, sure. We'll get you out on this one, Matt. Thanks for all the information. But who wins the Heisman Trophy? We got Tua Tagovailoa, we got Kyle Murray, and Dwayne Haskins. And did you send in your vote before the bowl game? <laughs> before the or before the championship? Game. Yeah, right. No, because that's you're going to get me going again. That's stupid. Like <laughs> first, first of all, I don't like the fact that I I have to pick my Heisman Trophy. Uh, you know, my top three. I have to do that before the season's over because I I. I I was thinking about this earlier. Um, Deshaun Watson was one of the best players I've, I've seen. Maybe the best. He's certainly in that mix. When, when my son, he, he's almost two now, when he gets old enough to ask me about these things, I know at one, one point he's going to say, Daddy, who is the best player you ever saw? Deshaun Watson might be the first player, first name out of my mouth. I didn't have mm-hmm. him on my ballot either of the two years because there, there were reasons each time. But at the end of uh, the year, they lost to Bama in the title game. And the year they won it all in Tampa, I, I remember leaving the press locker. That guy, is, that guy was the best player in the country this year, and he didn't win the Heisman. That's stupid. Yeah. So I can't even imagine. You know, it's, it's dumb enough that we decide this, we vote on this award before the season's over. But it's ludicrous to do it before the conference championships, when you can have until, until Monday at 5 o'clock to cast your vote. So I, I think I don't, unless you're, you're sick or at there, at there, unless there's really weird circumstances, you should never do that. Um, because to me, the, what we always saw on Conference Championship Saturday completely changed things. 
It did. I thought too. Yeah, it did for me. Yeah, I thought Tua was going to run away with the with the award, and I did too. He he was number one on my my Heisman watch all season, and then uh, when I turned off the game Saturday night, went to bed, I was like, oh, I got some thinking to do. Um, and I spent a good chunk of time Monday. Um, you know, I, I I've got came up with a, a list of ten guys that I thought about um, and did a good amount of checking on each one. Um, I can't say how I voted yet. But it will be online Saturday night after the award is announced on TampaBay.com and in Sunday's Tampa Bay Times. Um, but I, I will say the race was a lot closer after this weekend than I expected it to. And it was a lot tougher on my ballot than I thought it would be. Awesome stuff. We'll look forward to you explaining your Heisman vote as well as your coverage of uh, the playoffs coming up and, of course, the bowl games and uh, this fun time of year with the holidays. Matt, as always, we appreciate it. Great stuff. We'll talk to you later. You got it. Thanks, Rick. Always great to talk to Matt Baker about college football as it's winding down, man. We're almost to the end of it, and uh, it's going to be an exciting finish for sure as they crown a national champion. Tomorrow we're going to have a football Friday. The Bucks are preparing for their game with the New Orleans Saints on Sunday. That's going to be an interesting one. Bucks have won the last two meetings with the Saints. We'll hear from quarterback Jameis Winston. And tonight the Tampa Bay Lightning hosts the Boston Bruins. Boy, after that uh, exciting game they had the other night in the shootout victory. So uh, – We'll also discuss the Lightning and, and the kind of run that they're on right now uh, without Andre Vasilevsky. It's pretty amazing. And remember, friends, if you're tired of those out-of-control electric bills, well, you have to call my folks at May Electric Solar. They're a locally-owned company. If you want to save 90 to 95% off your electric bill, please do this. Call May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times for Steve Burstink. Have a great day, everybody. 